0: to CORE Parenting Conversations with Kaylee. My name is Kaylee Kukwa, and I've spent the last decade supporting children and families with challenging behaviors. As a mom of two, I appreciate how overwhelming and exhausting parenthood can often be. So I'm taking all of my book knowledge and combining it with real-life experiences to change the dialogue around parenting. We'll have powerful conversations that always include practical tips so you can walk away feeling inspired and empowered to make simple, yet impactful changes in your family's life. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to this core conversation. And today I have a very special guest. I'm so excited to welcome back on the podcast. And that is my good friend, Katie Wells. Hey, Katie, welcome to the podcast.
1: Oh, goodness. I'm so happy to be here as usual. Uh, So thrilled to hang out with you and your audience and talk all things simplifying. Yeah, as usual, because I make regular appearances on her
0: podcast and now she's making regular appearances on mine. So for those of you who don't know Katie, even through our long withstanding partnership and friendship, Katie is the decluttering queen. We talk about simplifying lives and what I love about where we overlap. I was thinking about this as I was driving today. Where we overlap is I talk so much about that parent overwhelm and just when we feel overwhelmed, we have this sense of urgency, right? And this sense of urgency really adds to our sense of reactivity with our children. And we get stuck in that reactive loop where we're snapping at them and they're snapping back and we wind up in power struggles and there's all these reactive behaviors in us and them. And makes it really hard to be conscious of what we're saying, what we're doing and how we're responding. And so your message of, prioritizing, simplifying, creating an environment and a life that reflects what's important is just such a beautiful message to help people minimize the overwhelm and sense of urgency in our lives. So thank you for being here and sharing that message with us.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it took me a long time in my life and, you know, after I had my first son seven years ago to learn these things, you know, about the power of simplifying our physical environment, our mental environment, and really how intricately we are all connected to our physical environments and that's adults and kids alike. So super excited to have this conversation today. Oh, totally. And so today we're going to focus on the holidays. And whenever the
0: holidays roll around, Katie and I always come together (laughs) because, you know, there's this message in the holidays of more and more and doing things. So, you know, more expectations, more stuff to do, more stuff to get, more stuff to give, more stuff to receive. And it's just like, ah, this giant snowball effect that has the best of intentions. Right. And so I think that's really something that I want to talk about today. Is like the best of intention. And then the follow through is either there's a letdown or, you know, disappointment or overwhelm, or we miss it. We just miss it because we're so busy with all the stuff and doing all the things. So, um, that's what I wanted to focus on today. And I think, you know, you have so much to say, we both have so much to say about the holidays, but where do you even start when you're thinking about the holidays with your family?
1: I always tend to go back to evaluating traditions And then, of course, the stuff aspect, which we will talk about, too. But I think one thing I've replaced and really maybe not replaced stuff with, but made more of put more attention and intention into when it comes to the holiday season are just really embracing these simple holiday traditions. This could be baking sugar cookies. For the holidays, icing the cookies, that whole process and what that looks like with the kids. And also keeping in mind like our expectation versus reality with multiple (laughs) kids in the kitchen on a sugar high, right? And so, kind of squashing some of those expectations has been helping as well, right? Like just going with the flow of it. Um, I think a lot of people sometimes when we picture these traditions or the holidays in general, we have this expectation. Whatever that looks like, slow, present, quiet. And then we're like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm touched out. It's so loud. The kids have eaten 18 cookies. And when (laughs) I wasn't looking in the kitchen. And then, you know, that gap between reality and expectation can make us feel like, oh, we're just, what are we doing wrong? Or something like that, you know, I'm missing the mark. But that tradition aspect has been really, really meaningful for me and my family. And it's something we kind of just, head into the holidays with as a priority versus like, okay, what's everyone want for the holidays? I gotta make the list. I gotta hop on Amazon, right? Da, 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 da. This taskmaster that I remember just getting stuck in. And I I really I love giving gifts, don't get me wrong, but I didn't care for like it just feeling slow so like obligatory. I'm just supposed to give gifts because this is what we've always done. We've always done 50 gifts per kid or whatever gifts. Yeah, we never did that much, but you get the idea. <laughs> I like, There's just, 50 it, gifts. <laughs> it, it gets more and more excessive, right? And then if you include family members who are giving gifts to your kid, right? Sometimes I think it's just like, wow, are we doing this because we really want to, or because this is what we're used to? Is this actually serving me and my family? Having my kids open 50 gifts and me feeling like filled with anxiety and dread because I have nowhere to put the stuff. I have my stuff, my job as a stuff manager just got a hundred times harder, a thousand times harder in the matter of an hour of all the kids opening the gifts. Right. And for me, from a declutter perspective, as someone who was working hard throughout the year to declutter, the holidays always set me back two to three months in my progress. And it wasn't that progress. I mean, that's its own thing, right? Filling your home back up with all this stuff and toys and gifts. But all the stress and overwhelm that comes along with it. I didn't feel like I refound my footing in my home and my sanity until probably March the following year after every single holiday season. So it's like, okay, sure. Like stuff is stuff, but it's so overwhelming for a lot of us. And I think once we start to declutter, we start to realize the pull and the, the negative impacts it has on us. So traditions and stuff are really two spots I would definitely recommend you know, analyzing and doing, maybe that means doing gifts differently with your family. We had had several conversations with family over the years about that. It wasn't just a one-off conversation, but consumables, experience, like lifestyle items, right? What are your kids into now in their life that we could lend a few toys to and, and things like that. And all of that's proved to be really fruitful. Even if my mom, her love language is gift giving right? So it's not like we just tell people, Hey, don't buy my kids gifts anymore because <laughs> it doesn't always work. Go that way. You know, I can imagine as a grandparent, which I'm not yet, and hopefully not for an extremely long time. <laughs> I will, I like, I just smile and like my heart warms up thinking about giving my future grandchild something. And I can see that with my own other family members. So I
0: think what you said, this expectation piece, and I actually just asked a question in my membership group prepping for the holidays because I always, every holiday season, I do a holiday hot button workshop where I just cover the big pain points of essentially like child behavior and family dynamics during the holidays and help give people just a plan for how to do. And I think maybe more than half the workshop is typically we talk about expectation management, there's this huge idea and even getting lost in the tradition. So if you're making cookies, if you're doing meeting up with different families to do gift exchanges, if you're looking at holiday lights together, if you're have, going caroling and then there's religious services and then there's, you know, pictures and holiday cards and like the list, even just what a lot of people would consider the bare minimum can be soul crushing. Like, yeah, it could be, 100%. You know, it can like really become overwhelming very quickly. And that's not even if you have school age children, all the school events and the plays and pageants and all of the stuff. So, not stuff, events, really. So, what are some tips that you have for this idea of expectation management in terms of how to even start prioritizing traditions? and getting real about what does the tradition actually look like. There's a version of making cookies we have in our head. And then there's the version of making cookies with a three and a five-year-old with flour. Yeah. We're overtired,
1: overstimulated.
0: And sugar. So they're yes. like throwing the flour in the air and they're licking. I've got one kid, man, like licking the sugar where I'm like, ew, <laughs> 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 you can't do that. Like that's so gross, you know? But I think maybe just picturing what is it most likely to actually look like and just accepting, practicing acceptance, I think is so big for people.
1: I think a big thing for me, and I don't know if this will resonate, I think sometimes our version of of whatever expectation is comes from places like movies, right? Those cheesy Hallmark movies or Instagram, right? You see one of your favorite influencers posting uh, picture of her kid hanging an ornament on a tree. Oh, we had an amazing time. Right. And sometimes I think that's, that's, we're not seeing the whole picture, right? We're comparing our behind the scenes with their like highlight reel. And I think if maybe all influencers or whomever is online posting these pictures would be like, oh yeah. And then my kid had a meltdown five minutes later, but I didn't share that part, you know? And so I think we have to be careful, like where expectations are coming from. I think that's, probably one of the first steps and then i could be like oh yeah like that's not reality it's just like comparing our home and our mess that happens to like a perfectly curated whatever home makeover picture you know it's like oh whenever we see that we know logically like that was staged that's a professional organizer that's not reality but our subconscious brain is like uh you're missing the mark honey like what are you doing wrong what what <laughs> you're failing adds to and that so judgment If we continue... And I'm not saying it's wrong to find inspiration in those images or things like that. But I think if we spend too much time in those spaces online or wherever that Pinterest, wherever that looks like for you, that can create additional friction when our reality is panning out differently than that expectation. And pausing... For me, when that expectation... And the reality are a little bit off. I just always remind myself the purpose of this tradition in some way, shape or form is for connection. And it's about, you know, hopefully serving my kids in a positive way when it comes to them being older and, and, you know, thinking about the time they spent around the holidays with their parents. Hopefully they think of good times and baking cookies and their mom laughing with them or rolling your eyes and chuckling along as they throw, put flour in their hair. You know, and I think being able to relax into that because mess can be a really, really beautiful thing, right? Mess in the kitchen. I know it's not necessarily fun to clean up after kids are in the kitchen with you or baking, but I think sometimes it comes down to just slowing down, which I know you talk a lot about the power of the pause. Like, uh, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed as I'm seeing flour fly all over my kitchen counter. And I'm also seeing my kid have a really great time. And so leaning into that latter thought, you know what? I can have a great time too. I'm going to be cleaning up no matter what. So why not clean the floor too? Can be a really, really beautiful thing. But that really takes a lot of intention to be able to slow down because we're so conditioned to rush, right? Rush through the activity, rush through the tradition, rush through this activity to get to the next holiday pageant, right? And so it can, it can be, feel very counterintuitive and almost painful in a way, like to be slow. Stretchy. I call it stretchy. stretchy. I feel that. I feel stretchiness a lot in these moments. And I don't know. I miss the mark. Don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect, but it's a very, um, it can be an uncomfortable place to be. Right. But I think there's power in what comes out of the outcome from that.
0: Yeah. And I love what you said about the connection piece, because if we get really clear beforehand on what our priority is for this activity, what do we want the experience to feel like, not look like?
1: Feel yes, like
0: feel. for our family, for our children, for ourselves. And then, you know, I'm the first one, if I feel like I want to have some really beautiful cookies to give away to somebody or something, I might take half the dough and like put that in the corner. And do that by myself later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put that half back in the fridge for after bedtime, <laughs> and then we're gonna we're gonna do this half of the cookie dough, and, and let the kids have a free for all. So I'm not trying to achieve this picture in my head, and it's really just not obtainable when I've got little helpers in the kitchen with me. For example, you know, kind of the same with. The tree decorating, I'll share a quick story. Last year, I was really trying to like be in the moment and embrace it with my kids. And so I let my younger child, who we were just talking about before we started recording, hang up some fragile ornaments. And wouldn't you know, he shattered them. And of course, I was actually really proud of myself and I handled it really well, even though I was a little heartbroken about it. But at that point, I was like, you know, I just need to give him a box of ornaments that are 100% safe for him. And I will just hang these ornaments later after bedtime. Like those will be the ones that my husband and I do together as a date night or something like in a home date night. So I think it's okay to plan ahead and maybe not try and do the huge picture, but make it a little smaller so it feels a little more manageable. Right, like, just set everybody up for success.
1: (laughs) And this reminds me. I remember reaching out to you last year. Maybe it was two years ago when we were. I was like, Kaylee, I wanted to decorate the Christmas tree and have that tradition. You probably remember. Remember. And I think I think Levi was like totally on board. He would have been three or four, so he's doing you know the bottom two feet of the tree, what he can reach. And River, my eldest, I don't know five, and he was just throwing a stink, wasn't interested. And I'm like. Do I push it? Right. I'm th- my my knee jerk reaction is no, no, no. This is a tradition. You show up. This is fun. Right. As I'm gritting through my teeth, look, mommy's having fun. <laughs> this is supposed to be fun. <laughs> this is supposed to be fun. You know, you're going to remember this forever. And that's what I wanted to say. Right? right. But I was like, hold on, hold on. I have moments where I don't want to do things, whether it's supposed to be quote unquote fun or not, too. You know, I'm like, he's a human being. I was like, okay, you can sit on the couch. And if you feel like joining us, you can. And so Levi and I decorated the tree while Riverside on the couch and I don't know, played with his Legos or something. And I don't remember if he joined us or not, but I was like, that was a very proud parenting moment, you know, yeah. for me. And I wish he would have participated, but there are so many other times he can participate other activities he can participate in. And so kind of going off how your child's feeling in the moment having flexibility, which I think can be hard when it comes to these traditions, as I just mentioned, right? We want to be like, no, I do this. You feel, you feel grateful. I do this. (laughs) You say thank you.
0: And with a smile on, I just, I'm (laughs) smiling and laughing because I'm picturing like trying to get teenagers in the car to go look at Christmas lights and and the stink that teenagers (laughs) might. And I'll never forget. I, the first motherhood year. So my first Christmas as a mom I was a month postpartum, okay? Like my eldest was, I mean, he was born literally November 26th. So he was not even a month old when we went to go look at this huge light display that's in Asheville when we still live there. Katie, I was so exhausted, right? I mean, I had a three-week-old. Like I was broken sleep, absolutely exhausted, still recovering from labor and delivery. And I got in the car, all in the name of tradition, right? All in the name of looking on lights. I slept through the entire thing i literally sat in the front seat we had my husband in the car and then my cousin and her husband were in the car and in ethan of course my son and i fell asleep and slept through the whole thing and i just laughed because if i had really like gotten honest with myself and what do i need is this really worth it like no it wasn't like i should have just gone to bed you know So all of that to say, I think that goes for us too, like pressuring ourselves and pressuring our kids into situation, you know, aren't always, it's not always worth it.
1: Oftentimes it's not. No, sometimes it's just sleep. That's a good tradition. (laughs) Take a nap.
0: (laughs) Drink that tea, curl up with the blanket and go to sleep,
1: honey. Right. Uh, And here, I want to hit that a little harder because right. Sometimes it's like, we think these traditions need to be these big blowouts, like, Oh, all these toys, all this food, all these family members. But I think maybe sometimes revisiting it and being like, no, a tradition on Christmas Eve after, you know, the kids go to bed is just to like snuggle up on the couch and with a cup of tea and just slow down instead of rush through like, you know, being up baking cookies till two in the morning. Maybe the tradition is you go out and buy cookies and say you made them or just be honest and say, listen, (laughs) I bought these cookies and that's okay. And so being able to, again, do those checks, those check-ins with yourself every year and whatever season you're in, it makes it make a big difference from really feeling crushed and overwhelmed and soul-sucking holiday season to more of like, okay, like I feel a little bit invigorated or like, you know, this time was really fruitful or how I really wanted it to serve me and my family.
0: And that's such a good point.
1: Every season is so different.
0: You know, a holiday tradition that we kind of adopted from my aunt and her family, who we would spend the holidays with when we lived in Asheville, they lived in Atlanta. So we would just pop down and, and spend some holidays with them as every year they would watch (laughs) National Lampoon's Christmas vacation. Yes. That's one of our favorites. And. Mm Katie, I, you know, the, it's a funny movie, right? It's a funny movie, but <laughs> yeah. I have never laughed so hard. I mean, we were like convulsing <laughs> on the floor. Tears are running down. And so we did it again. We were there with our, gosh, how old was he? I don't know. Oh, it was, they do it, they do it on Christmas day and they also watch it after Thanksgiving meal. So that's where we watched it last year after our Thanksgiving meal, we watched it with the kids. And my boys were sitting there watching these adults <laughs> convulsing with laughter and they now like the movie, even though they don't really get it. They don't, they won't sit and watch the whole thing. It really isn't like, I don't know, it's a family movie, but it's not super kid oriented. Right. So they just love that happy fun. They remember how hard we were laughing. They'll bring that up. And so it felt good to them. And now they'll ask, can we watch that funny movie after? And what a great, you know, that's an easy, simple, restful, not a production. You know, we were literally laying on the floor with couch pillows and everybody piled in and we'd had like second helpings of pie. Right. It was just easy. And so I think maybe sometimes reinventing those traditions to fit whatever season of life you're in and based on how it feels if it's forced if it's easy if it's full of connection going back you and I always wind up talking about core values always yes, always yeah <laughs> in every podcast <context laughs> we do together we always <laughs> talk about core values because if if our actions our traditions our stuff reflect those then that's it right that's what it's about
1: And they're going to feel more aligned, you know, for us. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. And that can, you know, obviously a lot of decisions we make all year round should hopefully be pretty aligned with our core values, but especially those around the holidays. And I find after talking with lots of students, right, who are drowning in clutter, they're like, yeah, all these toys, all this stuff, all this excess money spent, you know, that frankly, we shouldn't be spending anyway, doesn't align with my values at all. And so being able to sit down and go what actions do I take around the holidays that suck the life out of me, suck the money out of my bank account, impact me and my family in not so positive ways can we change or just you know remove, right? Declutter your traditions if you need to. Yeah.
0: If you've tried the Instagram parenting tips and tricks to gain connection and cooperation with your child and it's still not working or maybe you just want to grow your parenting toolbox or grow your own personal skill set If you feel confused about how to respond to some of your child's bigger behavior, or maybe you need the encouragement and accountability to make the changes you know you and your family need, CORE offers the weekly support and tools to make these powerful shifts within a supportive, uplifting community. We talk about real life parenting, not the neat and clean two-dimensional examples given on social media. You can learn more about my core membership program by heading to www.kayliekukla.com backslash core. It's a month to month membership. You can cancel it at any time, no strings attached, and it's meant to be on-demand parenting support so you can access it when it's needed and when it's convenient for you. The link is in the show notes to learn more. And now back to this core conversation with Kaylee. Something I wanted, you just brought up a point that I wanted to go back to actually from earlier in the conversation. And that's this idea of the gift receiving and just giving and the clutter that can, you know, come along with it. And that is, I wanna lean into this idea of consumables as gifts. Because this was another question that some of my members brought up about, um, I don't want all the stuff, but I feel like I'm going to let my kids down if they don't get stuff to open. You know, they have certain expectations that they've set or they have from just past previous holidays and my family expects to. And I love the idea. I think consumables is kind of that sweet spot because it's still a bunch of stuff to open But it's not clutter that's going to sit around and take up a ton of space, or it might take up some space for a little while, but you're going to move through it, right? So do you have, I think I remember a resource you have for people about consumables or gift ideas.
1: I do. I have a free PDF I'll get to you. You can send out your listeners. It's from a year ago. And pardon me, I have a parent slash mom brain. So... (laughs) I'm digging deep here but yes i do i do okay. know i have some i think it was definitely one of the freebies was unique and creative ways to gift i uh, give to give gifts and that could be even experience gifts i think it was specifically experience gifts so if you want to give tickets to a concert right you can tie them to the end of a string, the tickets to the end of a string, attach to a helium balloon, box it up, wrap it. So a lot of people tend to not care for experience gifts because there's no like tangible thing to open. So I created a list of different ways you can gift that. So there's still a wrapping quote unquote experience, that traditional experience that a lot of people kind of miss or really want their loved one to have. So I definitely know I have that one. Um, I can get you. Okay. All right. Cause I think that's such a great idea,
0: but when you said consumables, I was like, "That's genius!" Yes. And oftentimes, you know, my kids. One of our favorites are they go through them really fast too. Are like the Dino Eggs
1: where they can excavate. <gasps> Mine too, right? We should do that when, yeah, when you visit. Yes, and they, they love
0: those hours. I mean, they chip away at those things forever. <laughs> and then you do get a, something little, you know, like a little skeleton, dino skeleton or whatever. They also have like mermaid versions and jewels and they have all different kinds of versions. But you end up with a little knickknack, but it's not this big gift. And you can buy like a dozen at a time.
1: And they go through them. So, quickly. and have them throughout the year. Yeah. yeah. Have one out or yeah, obviously you wouldn't want them probably all out no. happening at the same time, but absolutely consumables. I think the disclaimer here is, you know, we need to base those consumables off of our kids' interests because a lot of things are consumable. That just means things we generally use up over time. But if someone, if I give Levi a river, he was never really into Play-Doh. If I gave him a big box of Play-Doh, he'd look at me and be like, eh. And I'd be like, well, it's a consumable, right? (laughs) And then it would just sit in my house. So in my home, it wouldn't really be a consumable with River. So just looking for different interests that kiddos have. And I think for the parents and caregivers out there, what I like to do is keep a running list on Amazon. You can do it in your phone, but on Amazon, it's shareable throughout the entire year of different things that maybe you run into, see ads for, or think your kid might like. The big thing here is doing it all year because what happens come November 1st, when the in-laws, when the aunts and uncles are texting you, Hey, I need gift ideas for River and Levi. I'm like, huh? Oh, now I have to scramble. And then I'm just like, a lot of parents are just get them anything. I don't even care. Right. right. And then we, it's, it's another way we just end up with stuff. that They're like, Oh man, if I just would have had more time to get that list together. So do all year, add stuff to it, share it with them. And it's just super, it simplifies the process. And then you, hopefully you're getting more aligned toys for what you and your kiddos need and want. Yeah. That's
0: a great idea. And I feel like I was kind of better about it this year, but I still struggle with it. But and as much as I resent targeted ads on social media, I'm like, you don't know me. Although you do what you want to think, right? They know us better than we know us. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is super creepy that this is popping up in the timeline. But actually, those I've gotten some great gifts off of those because they target my kids based on what I've searched in the past, and they actually give me some great novel ideas. And I can go on, you know, Etsy or some of these other platforms and find more unique consumable gifts that are are great. Different art supplies is a great, a great thing. We go through a lot of that in our house a lot. Well, Katie, in addition to the consumables and the other tips of just going back to core values and prioritizing what's important, thinking about what things feel like instead of what they look like, (laughs) any other Tips you have for listeners to just simplify the holidays and bring back like the warm, fuzzy feeling and decrease that sense of urgency and reactivity throughout the upcoming five weeks. Now we've got, yeah,
1: I know it's coming up fast. I can't, I I mean, you know, with my background in clutter, that it's always going to come back to clutter. All right. So I think a lot of people this time of year deprioritize decluttering because January is a great time for goal setting. And it's like, oh, I'll just start in January. But I would be remiss if I didn't say something like, don't discount decluttering what you can before the holiday season. I used to, and I still do have conversations with my kids that that's a great time, right? There's different organizations out there that toys for tots and things like that. And it can be, now I'm not saying this is Going to work for everyone and every family and situation, but it can be this time of year a great time to teach our kids about paying it forward. Right, if you're not using this toy, paying it along to someone else, uh, paying it forward to another little boy or girl, you get the idea. And I, one of my favorite quotes, and I know you've read his books as well, from Kim John Payne, is that too much stuff leads to too little time and too little depth in the way kids see and explore their worlds. Mm, and that's a good one, right? just let that soak in. It gave me goosebumps. And so gifts can be an incredible thing, right? The idea behind gift giving is you want to show who you're giving the gift to that you love and appreciate them and you value them in your life. And so one thing outside of decluttering, one thing I've been teaching and just having open regular conversations with my kids about throughout the entire year, this isn't reserved for just the holidays. The other day we did something as a family and. I said, what a great gift. You know, I don't know. We went on a road trip or did something and Levi goes, that's not a gift. Gifts are something you unwrap. And I said, I'm like teaching moment. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, Levi, actually, some of the best gifts are things that aren't, that don't have, that don't come in boxes and pretty packages and can't be unwrapped. It's just time together. That's a gift. Time is a gift and how we spend it can be a gift. And he looked at me and, you know, it was definitely, he was like, he's five or he just turned six, but he's like, huh. Okay. (laughs) And so even like redefining what gifts are, you know, and having those conversations with our kids is a really powerful thing. And I think a lot of parents just get stuck around the holiday season, right? We around expectations. And so no matter how old your kids are, you can always have those conversations. I'd like to do the holidays a little bit differently this year. What do you guys think about doing this instead of this? Or last year we tried that. No one really enjoyed it. You know, making it more of an open family conversation, getting them involved, I think can be a really beautiful thing. So clearing the clutter, clearing what's not serving you in the form of traditions, expectations, anything, I think, before the holidays is incredibly valuable. I love that that. With that conversation with Levi, there's an
0: opportunity there to highlight that these are ongoing conversations we have with our children, you know, like our children learning generosity or learning about gift giving or thankfulness, gratefulness, appreciation. First of all, I actually have this whole like workshop in my head about this because that takes a lot of perspective taking and empathy, all these like developing skills they don't yet have in early childhood. So sometimes we have to manage our expectations around what they're actually able to do. But more importantly, it builds, right? Because they're developing these skills. So with these ongoing conversations, if we build that in, and you know, I'll share with you um, something that just really kind of made me stop the other day, much like your conversation with Levi, we were in the car driving and the clouds were doing this really cool like cloud formation. And I kind of noticed it and I didn't say anything. And I usually do draw my kids' attention to stuff like that. And my youngest was in the back and he looked out and he goes, oh, mommy, look at the sky. It's so beautiful. He was expressing awe, wonder, and also appreciation for this creation that was put in front of us. And I know he's gotten that by this ongoing conversation we have in our family about when we spend time out in nature and we just, we take the time to notice those type of things. We were outside looking at the sunrise this morning because it was just so breathtaking. So I think just pointing out that those are ongoing conversations and they're not, You know, holiday time is not, cannot be the final exam, so to speak. Right. We can't let our expectations of our kids practicing gratitude and appreciation and and all of these things to happen by December 25th. It's just not going to happen. It's an ongoing conversation that we have throughout their childhood. And so... What a cool conversation you got to have with Levi. That's just a really great thing, I think, to leave people with.
1: And one cool thing about your story, every moment that stood out to me is that took, none of that happened in moments of rush, right? Your son looking out the window, just pondering, right? You taking time to look at the sunrise together. I think the holidays, life can be chaotic and rushed anyways but even more so during the holidays for a lot of people, if you've, you know, just overfill your calendars, have all these commitments, do all these things. And I think that the more I say, no, the, like the ultimately, like the happier I am, the more I can practice gratitude, the more I can really instill a lot of my values into my kids during this time of year. And, have time for these conversations because I've easily could have been like, I don't have time to talk about this <laughs> under the next thing. We got to get to a birthday party or whatever. So the really beautiful moments can happen in those slow, peaceful, unrushed times, whether that's connection moments or teaching moments or learning moments, or maybe just a moment is just being right. It's just, you don't have to learn anything. You don't have to say anything. You can just be. And I think that's a really valuable skill if you want to call it that. I think it is at this point to just be able to be and think and take time to reflect.
0: Well, what you said, we talked about in the podcast I was on on your show about what am I saying no to, right? And when I say no to something, I'm saying yes to something else and vice versa. So if people want to listen to more about overscheduling in general, not just around the holidays, but just in our life with kids, was it last week, I think you really were releasing them a week apart. So my episode with you is already up on your Maximized Living podcast, um, which people can find on any podcast platform. And where else can they find if they're like, I need to declutter before the holidays and beyond, because we all know that's the mindset, right? Where can they find
1: you? So definitely check out the podcast. I have 170 episodes and counting. A good majority of them on decluttering. But of course, I look at it really holistically through the lens of parenting, mental load, things like that. And I love Instagram. It's kind of my social media of choice. So um, you can check out my reels and posts there. And then my website, katydrawills.com has all my offerings and programs. And we'll get that handout to people that I was talking about. I was like, I remember that from
0: last year or two years ago. I was really stretching, stretching the mental load there. So thanks, yeah, same, for, same. thanks for rolling with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Katie, it's always so fun to have an excuse to talk and then we get to record it and share it with people. I'm I hope they find it as fun as we do.
1: <laughs> oh, they do because I hear from, I hear from our listeners. Oh yeah. I do. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Kaylee, yeah, like. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I can speak for my listeners. I can't say for yours, but yes, I I generally hear very positive things. And I think people really appreciate that we have a real relationship, right? We have like, and I think that that's really cool. Cause I know some interviews I've heard on other podcasts, it's like very cold and like, there's nothing there. So we have, you know, we have a lot of love for each other. And I think that invites a lot more authentic, maybe more open conversation than it would if I were just interviewing you and didn't know you. So yeah, it
0: helps that we've like live together temporarily and we know each other's <laughs> kids and we know each other's husbands yes. <laughs> we've co-parented together for a summer 100 yes very much yeah so oh katie well thanks so much for being here and yeah we'll have you back real soon i'm sure awesome
1: let's do it thanks kaylee